you know, we keep going back to this thing that, you know, I've been to Gaza 70 times, I can't count, but it is one of the most surveilled areas in the Middle East. It is constant. And yet this comes out of the blue in a military sense, Israel blindsided. Talk about that failure and, and, and why you think it might have happened. Yeah, Michael, I think this is one of the classic failures of technology because when you look at uh, what you experienced when you went to Gaza, you saw all the surveillance techniques that the Israelis had. You saw the equipment, you saw the cameras, you saw the other devices that the Israelis used. And we know that there were other things that, that they were doing in terms of monitoring radio traffic, telephone traffic, all of those things. But uh, what Hamas did, what their leadership did, was apparently they moved off of the normal modern communications links that we take for granted every day and went back to what you did in the 19th century, face-to-face uh, -face meetings. Uh, they went and used couriers instead of uh, going in and uh, you know using the telephone or the cell phone. And that, I think, played a large role in, in doing this. They seem to be very patient, Hamas, in, in terms of how they planned this, how they carried it out. And it uh, really, I think, takes us back to a point where uh, we have to look at the fact that technological intelligence uh, is not always the end-all and be-all that we've gotten used to from an mm. intelligence perspective. Yeah, yeah, great point. I mean, Israel, uh, I was talking about this earlier with somebody else, Israel has, has for literally years said it will and wanted to destroy the military capability of Hamas. And, and, and clearly that's failed. So well, what are Israel's options now? The options are really limited, Michael, and uh, you know this is one of those headaches that war planners always have because it's one thing to bomb something into oblivion, but it's a completely different thing to take control of a society and take a control of a mindset and change that mindset. This is, you know, there's no way that the uh, so-called hearts and minds of Hamas and its adherents are going to be changed in any way, shape, or form by what the Israelis do. But on the other hand, the Israelis have to respond to what happened here. So in essence, they're, they're caught between a rock and a hard place because they really don't have any military means to change the things that brought them to this point. Uh, so what we'll see is, uh, a, unfortunately, a continuation of this conflict, but at a much higher level until and unless uh, cooler heads prevail. And mm -hmm. that's going to be, I think, a very difficult thing to achieve at this point. Given, given the, obviously, the, the depth of planning that went into this, and it must have been a lot and probably over a long period of time, one imagines that, you know, Hamas went into this knowing the possibility or even the likelihood of an Israeli ground incursion. Uh, how prepared do you think Hamas will be for that eventuality, a ground operation? And, and could that be why uh, they took hostages into Gaza? I think that's, that was actually one of the main reasons why they took hostages. Of course, Hamas and other terrorist groups in the Middle East have uh, used hostage-taking as a bargaining tool and a, a policy uh, for many, many, many decades. Uh, but uh, the way in which they've done this does reflect a degree of meticulous planning. And I think what they're looking at is keeping those hostages so that a ground incursion by the Israelis would have only limited success. and 
may uh, you know be a very difficult thing for the Israelis to achieve uh, so the Israelis are going to have to be very meticulous if they do plan something like this and it's going to be very hard for them to find where the hostages are and to extricate them forcibly uh, so this I think will require more diplomacy as opposed to uh, forceful means but Israel, Israel should definitely plan for both possibilities at this point yeah because I, I guess you know when it comes to hostages Israel's got some you know pretty capable special forces who could carry out such things and have done in the past but the thing is they would be relying on intelligence uh, in terms of where the hostages are and so on and, and we have seen this intelligence failure so would that complicate hostage recovery make it that much more perilous it certainly could, uh, but I think we also have to make the distinction between a strategic intelligence failure, which this seems to be, uh, as opposed to a tactical intelligence situation. Mm -hmm. uh, a tactical intelligence situation is one in which now that things have happened, uh, they may very well find the ways in which they can trace where Hamas is. They may be able to find telltale signs of where the hostages are or you know, perhaps uh, where they have been, and that becomes something that they can use uh, from from a forensic standpoint in order to track them and potentially extricate them from Gaza. Mm. It's, it's not a done deal in either way, but it is absolutely a very difficult proposition for the Israelis to conduct such operations. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, good point. I mean, one thing that's been uh, staggering about this too, uh, quite, well, the most staggering thing is the infiltrations, which nobody's ever seen uh, before in covering this conflict, but uh, it, it was the massive number of rockets fired in a short period of time. Uh, where does Hamas, I mean, the, 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 Ham, uh, Gaza is blockaded. I mean, not much gets in or out that the Israelis don't know about. Where, where does Hamas get the materiel to make and, and fuel and arm these rockets? Do we know? Yeah, so there are several theories, and in some cases we have some concrete evidence, but uh, the uh, Hamas forces have developed various techniques to manufacture some rockets, uh, reverse engineer others, and they get a lot of aid through several means. Uh, most of it coming eventually can be traced back to places like Iran. Uh, in some cases there is some connection to Hezbollah uh, in Lebanon and, and other areas uh, in, in that region, uh, but it is something where there is has been a lot of uh, I'll call it indigenous work if you will that has been going on in Gaza by uh, Hamas itself and uh, they've been pretty good at uh, figuring out certain things reverse engineering others and learning from the mistakes they've made in the past so they've become a fairly effective insurgent force and I would characterize them as an insurgent force because that is more of, of what they're like as compared to a regular army at this point.